1: Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: It's time to celebrate the greatest team sport known to man, where modern-day
1: gladiators collide all for the glory of the gridiron. We'll talk some college football on Cougar Sports with Ben Criddle. Welcome back Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Criddle broadcasting live from our Wasatch Medical Clinic, wasatchmedicalclinic.com studios. Stop living with ED, live without it today at Wasatch Medical Clinic, wasatchmedicalclinic.com. Brian Logan, former BYU great by my side, Gavin Lee on the social bryce larson behind the glass it is time to talk some college football expansion has been the topic du jour for almost the last two weeks uh and uh, i want to discuss it with the college football insider in this segment going to be brought to you by fat daddy's fat daddy's pizzeria fatdaddy's we're going to be on location tomorrow stop in say hello Orem, Utah. That's right at the Orem location. They got gelato. We got eight free garlic knots with your purchase of a delicious pie, 24-inch pie. These are Fat Daddy-sized pies. You're going to love it. Fat Daddy's Pizzeria, FatDaddy'sPizzeria.com. Stop in, say hello. We'll be handing out some pizzas tomorrow uh, for your uh, your enjoyment. Let's get out to the hotline of welcoming College Football Insider. And, and uh, he just penned a piece Uh, on his platform, usatoday.com. No one is rushing to pay top dollar to broadcast Pac-12 games, making League look weak. This is his opinion. Let's welcome in Dan Walken to the show. Dan, how the heck are you? I'm
0: good. What's up?
1: Hey man, uh, just uh, trying to take it all in. I saw New York Post just came out with something about the about Apple coming into the to the to the conversation that the Pac-12 is truly considering an all streaming platform for their college football. Uh, can a a a conference survive without a linear plus a streaming outlet? What are your thoughts on that?
0: I, I just think in this day and age. Streaming is always going to be a component uh, and a part of any media deal that a conference signs, or a league. You're know, you going to see with the NBA and NFL, there's always going to be more and more streaming. But to go with a package that is either all streaming or predominantly streaming with Apple, which is what this article uh, suggested was at least on the table for the Pac-12, I think that's a big, big risk. Uh, And it's certainly indicative of Uh, tepid interest in the Pac-12 from the major media partners who who typically broadcast these games, or at least interest at the price that the Pac-12 is is looking for. So um, I think there's been a lot of red flags through this whole process about the Pac-12 and their desirability from whether it's ESPN or Fox or NBC, CBS, uh, and this is just another sign that you know there just hasn't been that big deal out there that Klayovkov wants, and uh, I think it's very troubling.
1: Let's take a step back and, and understand why the Pac-12 is in the situation that it's in. Is this a, is this an issue of leadership from a university president, chancellor, administrator level, or is this more so a commissioner issue? The Larry Scott. Theory, the George Kliavka theory, that they just don't know how to navigate these these college sports TV grant of rights media deals.
0: I don't think it's that exactly. This has been going back several years, a series of missteps and missed opportunities, probably by the Pac-12. If you want to go all the way back to 2010, Larry Scott was about to land the first Super Conference. If you remember, he had the pack, it was the pac 10 and he was going to go get like six teams from, from the big 12. Remember he wanted Texas and they had Texas A&M and Oklahoma and Oklahoma state and Texas tech and uh, all those schools. And it was, you know, seemingly pretty close to happening. Yeah. But then Texas got cold feet at the last minute or, or maybe more accurately, they got what they wanted with the Longhorn network and they stayed in the big 12. And so it never happened. Um there was certainly a mistake by Larry Scott with the way they launched the Pac-12 network and not partnering with one of the big media companies. You know, when the Big Ten network launched, they, they launched it with Fox. Uh, SEC network launched with ESPN. Pac-12 wanted to own the network and do it themselves because they felt like it was going to be long-term a huge uh, pot of money that... They could sell, that they could, okay, say, hey, we've run the Pac-12 networks now we want to sell it to whoever, and we're going to make hundreds of millions of dollars for our schools, and it didn't work out that way. Um, the cable industry went went a different direction than, than what they were projecting, uh, and then, you know, now what Klyovkov is dealing with is a league that doesn't have USD and UCLA anymore, so... You know, he's not playing from a position of strength here. He's got a he's got a tough hand, uh, but you know the Big Twelve went in last fall and got their deal done, and you know I just think the timing's been been poor. You know some of the money has dried up, and some you know ESPN is looking at cutbacks, and uh, and everyone's looking at the Pac-12 and saying, all right, what are we really getting here with this league? Uh, so. I think it's just a combination of circumstances that are working against them, and uh, I don't know what that's going to mean for the future, but it's, it's interesting.
1: Dan Wolken USA Today, here on ESPN 960, discussing his recent piece entitled No One is Rushing to Pay Top Dollar to Broadcast Pac-12 Games, Making League Look Weak. What do you think the value is right now per school Uh, for a grant of rights media deal, whether it's coming from Apple, Amazon or ESPN for that matter.
0: Yeah, I'm not an expert or or the guy who should be talking about what something should be worth. Um, You know, that that's the TV networks and the consultants. They, they work in that space and understand that space. Uh, But I think the way I, you know, would look at it is just from a relative standpoint, what are you worth in relation to your peers? And, if the verdict on the Pac-12 is that it's not worth as much as the Big 12, that's um, that's a problem, you know. And we're in an environment now where uh, it's kind of the Power Two, the SEC and the Big Ten are, are really far out in front of everybody else. Uh, the ACC is kind of locked into a, a bad deal. Um, you know, the Big 12 has got a, a deal that I think they're happy with, given what happened to their league with Texas and Oklahoma leaving. Uh, But, you know, they're not what they were. And the Pac-12, I think, is in a position now where they're under threat of falling way, way behind.
1: Yeah, they're way behind, it seems. Um, I don't know what the opportunity looks like for the Big 12 to truly expand and and create added value by expansion. The idea is that UW or or Oregon would be the teams, but I don't think they necessarily want to align themselves with the Big 12. I think that, that would be the last resort. But even I've heard that Utah not interested in going to the Big 12, um, even though they have a pretty solid deal. I, I, I don't know what that deal is going to look like from a Pac-12 standpoint when, when uh, their media rights deal is effectuated. But how long do you think it will be? Do you think it's a uh, – I've heard projections of three, four, five, six years, but no longer than that because some of these schools don't want to be partnered and married to this conference long term.
0: Well, I don't know that some of the schools in the Pac-12 want to be locked into a long-term deal either because, you know, what happens if the Big Ten makes a play for Oregon and Washington at some point in the future, um, you know, the, the landscape's always going to be shifting. And given the position the Pac-12's in, I don't think any of those schools, you know, except for maybe like Washington State and Oregon State, are sitting there saying, yeah, we want to – we want to have a ten-year deal here that nobody can get out of. I, I think that's working against the, the Pac-12 as well. Uh, I think more shorter term is probably what you're going to be looking at.
1: Short term, right now, Dan Wolken here on ESPN 960. Is it viable to expand and add teams like San Diego State and SMU right now, just for content's sake? Is that a smart move if you're if you're the Pac-12, in your opinion?
0: Um. Well, I don't know what the kind of discussions they're having with with these TV partners in terms of number of schools and number of games and what exactly they're paying for, and all that's got to be factored in. Obviously, San Diego State, being in Southern California, is a natural fit geographically, and you know potentially helps you at least uh, stay in Southern California to, to a certain extent, uh, which you know is a massive massively important area of, of the country for, for that conference. So that makes some sense. I mean, the SMU thing, I don't, I don't really understand, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very familiar with SMU. Uh, it's, uh, you know, really good school. They've had a solid athletic program, but why are you going to Texas to bring in a school that, you know, that really doesn't move the needle? I mean, you know, if we're, if we're, if we're going to sit here and list the most popular uh, college programs in the Dallas Fort Worth area, I don't know, they're maybe like seventh or eighth. You know, that that's just the way it is. It's a small private school with, without a huge fan base. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Dallas market sounds good, but you're not really capturing the Dallas market. So, I, I just don't really understand that one. Um, you know, I, I mean, to me, I, and I understand there's resistance from an academic standpoint or whatever, but like to me, Boise State's a better bet from a football standpoint yeah. um you know or you know whoever i mean there's you know unlv from a market standpoint i, I just i don't really understand smu thing at all
1: Yeah, i don't know if it's a recruiting thing it's just dfw I, I don't i don't understand it either san diego state i actually really like san diego state i think that's a it's an interesting market to me Maybe I'm just selfish I want to go visit San Diego every now and then and cover some games. Maybe there's something there. I don't know. Uh, deep down, uh, there's some bias there. But I like the Boise State take as well from a from a content standpoint. That's the best content out there. I'll, I'll tell you what, like, maybe it's just me, but if Boise State's playing, I'm probably I'm taking a gander. I'm taking a I'm taking a look-see to see how good this Boise State team is as well. From your perspective as a unbiased media member nationally, like, do you, do you kind of you know, click on uh, on a Boise State game and and take a gander for a little bit.
2: You know,
0: I mean, look, they, they, they could they could do a million different things here, or they could just do nothing. You know, yeah. I, I don't understand. I don't understand the the problem with doing nothing. Um, yeah. And and you know, trying that for for a little while. Uh, Isn't
1: that what they've always done though? Nothing. <laughs>
0: yeah. You know, I mean, look. The, the bottom line is you're not going to you're not going to replace USC and UCLA. Yeah. It doesn't matter which two schools you add. It's just that's not going to happen. You're not going to be whole. Yet. Um, so, I mean, to me, I'm going to – I am more biased in those conversations toward programs that people care about outside of just, you know, a community. Boise State is a program that's got a, a track record of people being interested in it, people watching it. Yeah. Uh, and of course of being of being pretty good. So so I would sort of, you know, be biased there, but uh, you know, the consultants have all these different metrics and they look at all these different things. I, I so I, I don't know what they're looking at, why why they love SMU so much, but there's something to it, I guess.
1: Yeah. What what do you think this is going to be uh ultimately effectuated. When will we find out which direction the Pac-12 is going, do you think? Is this like kind of like a mid-April type of thing? Is it mid-March? What do you think?
0: Yeah, I mean, probably in the next couple months you would think uh, they're going to have to get this sorted out. Of course, you know, we thought their TV thing would be done by now, and it's not. So uh, only uh, only George Klyavkov knows the answer to that.
1: Do you think the offer that was originally on the table from ESPN – Will be lower the second time around if a if a streaming deal isn't done between uh, the Pac-12 and Apple, Amazon, etc. Do you think that that rate's going to be a little bit lower the second go around if they have to crawl back to ESPN?
0: Well, I can only go by what Bob Iger said. Uh, Bob Iger's the you know the top top guy at Disney, and he said yep. we have to be more selective about what sports rights we're paying for. Um, so. You know, I, I sort of take that to mean they'll do a deal with the Pac-12, but only if it's going to be a bargain, only if it's going to be uh, at, a, at a number that ESPN thinks fits in with its broader strategy here to prioritize. You know, They've got the NBA negotiations coming up again, and they've got all these other things that they need to bid on. So, um, you know, again, I'm not in the room, and I'm not sitting there listening to the back and forth, but I'm just reading the tea leaves, and it certainly seems like ESPN does not want to pay top dollar for yet another, another conference.
1: I want to get your thoughts. Final thing here, Dan, we appreciate you hopping on to give us your perspective on the matter. We invite everyone to make sure you're following Dan on Twitter, at DanWalken, W-O-L-K-E-N, and then uh, checking out all of his pieces as a national columnist for USA Today, USA Today Sports I, I remember chatting with Rich Rodriguez when he was the head coach at U of A. It's been a while, right? But like one thing really stood out to me about uh, about his comments, you know, from where he came from and, and then going into the Pac-12. He said, Ben, like the Pac-12, in essence, is uh, is a conference in which they do a lot of things and they also do football. They also do basketball. And this is from a cultural standpoint, a geographical standpoint. Like it's just they're distracted by a lot of things. There's a lot of things to do on the West Coast. It's not just football. It's not just basketball. Even though Tucson, I mean, he was struggling trying to get everyone bought in to to football when he was down there. in a basketball geography, a basketball culture, right? That's what they built their uh, their their sports. Uh, I think, their, their sports athletic department from. But I thought it was interesting that he kind of commented on culture and geography and how that plays a role in, in consumption and interest and things of that nature. I wondered if you had seen similar, similar things in that regard, and, and maybe that's the underlying sickness that plagues the Pac-12.
0: Look, every university has got to prioritize what they think is important to them. And you're never going to be in a place where Stanford or Cal or some of these schools in the Pac-12 think football is as important, winning at football is as important as LSU and Alabama. Like, this just not going to happen. It's a, it's a cultural thing. It's a community thing. And, and that's okay. Like, I don't have a problem with that, really. Um, now, you know, I think some of these schools you can look at and say, you know, they're sponsoring like 30 sports. Um, and they want to be really good in water polo and tennis, and and that's (laughs) fine. But, uh, you know, is that really moving the needle for you? Like, what is that doing for you? You know, if you had maybe a slimmed-down offering of what sports you you actually want to be good at, uh, would that help you to provide more resources to football? Like, those are the kinds of things that I think people should talk about. Uh, but there's no question, like, just culturally it's different, and and that's okay.
1: Yeah, like I said, you, you make your bed, you sleep in it, you live with the results, right? Uh, Dan, any other ways that we can support you? Obviously, we want to get everyone to follow you on Twitter, read your stuff at USA Today Sports. Any other platforms you like, would like to promote? Well,
0: no, I mean, you know, I would love if everyone here bought a subscription to USA Today. That'd be great. Uh, but, um, no, just keep reading.
1: Love it, man. Thanks so much, Dan. Appreciate you spending some time with us.
0: Thanks,
1: guys. All right, let us know if you make it out to Utah. Show you the ropes out here in this great state. Appreciate Dan joining us. Any thoughts? Any commentary below?
3: Um, you know, the culture thing is interesting. I didn't. I didn't take that in consideration. Um, because, and I, I say this all the time to former players that um, aren't from Utah, mostly double minorities, not LDS. That this is an opportunity, man, to stay here. Yeah because the, the connections that you have because of the community and the culture yeah, you don't get that anywhere else mm-hmm. so I can see how a kid that's a double minority goes through his experience at BYU and comes out you know maybe with an opportunity of 5x in his growth like his career growth revenue growth just because of the culture here versus a kid at you know Cal yeah so, I get it. I get it, man. We're 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 fortunate, all of us, like to be in this like position, you sure. and I. But then also as as fans as well to to be in this in a in a culture like this.
1: We're going to go to break. Appreciate Dan joining us. Coming up next, uh we're going to have we're going to welcome in Matt Bushman, Super Bowl champion, former BYU great, uh, for a little Cougars in the Pros segment. What was it like to win a Super Bowl? What has his recovery been like this offseason after balling out in uh in the preseason? We'll discuss it all with Matt Bushman. Coming up next, this is Cougar Sports, ESPN 960.
0: It down the field,
3: Matt Bushman.
1: Welcome back, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. This is Cougar Country. I'm Ben Criddle, broadcasting live from our Wasatch Medical Clinic, wasatchmedicalclinic.com studios. It is time for Cougars and the Pros. Going to welcome in Matt Bushman here momentarily. It's going to be brought to you by Big O Tires and American Fork, your full-service mechanic that's honest and, and true. Going to give you the economical uh, rates that you deserve as a Cougar Sports listener and always providing the best work available in the great state of utah talk to my guy ryan eldridge he's the best big O tires in american fork today uh before we get out to matt bush with us welcome in mark of wasatch medical clinic wasatchmedicalclinic.com to tell us about some of the deals they have going on uh for those that are suffering from erectile dysfunction now now some people are looking you know at the budget here mark and, and they need something that's cost effective tell us what the traditional costs are for a treatment such as pulse wave acoustic wave technology
2: yeah so that is all very, very dependent on every individual patient and that patient's health history. Some guys, if you're if you're on if you're diabetic, uh, overweight, maybe you have heart disease, it's going to take more treatments than the other. Now, what I can tell you is that you can go in at no cost, uh, talk to the doctor, get the blood flow ultrasound, uh, have the assessment, the exam with the doctor, and the doctor will be able to let you know exactly what kind of treatment plan you would need in order to get your erectile dysfunction um, taken care of. So it really, really is dependent. The best thing I can tell you is go in, have the free Uh, exam get all that stuff for free you get you get a a special gift for coming in as well that's going to help you out uh you know for your intimate moments but it really is just so dependent on the patient uh because everybody's a little bit different uh not unlike any other uh uh, disease out there or, or medical condition
1: some that are uh purchasing testosterone I think could benefit also going in sometimes one of the reasons why they're going out and getting testosterone is because they're suffering from ed at wasatch medical clinic you guys actually give free testosterone with your acoustic wave technology treatments
2: yes and and again even like with the testosterone excuse me that's either going to be an injection or a cream it just depends on the patient and and the doctor will be able to let you know which one is best now to differentiate here a little bit they are complementary as far as the effects are concerned. Testosterone will help with drive. It helps with energy. Um, so there are a lot of good things about testosterone. The acoustic wave therapy is the actual therapy that will help to repair the blood vessels. So uh, you, you put them together and you have a great thing. Uh, and again, it's a, it's a complementary um, treatment, if you will.
1: There you go. Give them a call 801-901-801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical Clinic WasatchMedicalClinic.com. Thanks so much, Mark. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate it. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
1: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. b when we're growing up, right, we had dreams. We wanted to play big-time football, right? Maybe it was for a particular university. Maybe it was to play in the NFL. For me, it was the NFL. Like, I always wanted to play in the NFL. I want to win a Super Bowl. We got a Super Bowl champion on the line right now. Not only did he get to probably live out his dream to ball out at BYU, become one of the best tight ends in BYU football history, but he he earned the right to be a, a part of the Kansas City Chiefs and to win a Super Bowl. Let's welcome in former BYU great, we got Matt Bushman on the line. What's up, Matt? Thanks for joining us today.
4: Hey, how you guys doing?
1: Doing awesome, man. Doing awesome. It was fantastic watching the Chiefs win that that Super Bowl and to see you, Zane, Porter, obviously Andy, all the BYU crew uh, as a part of it, man. What was that like for you, brother?
4: Yeah, no doubt. It was crazy. Um, Just to have the uncertainty of my trajectory of this past season to uh, getting signed back to the Chiefs and then practicing with them, watching them take over this postseason. It was... It was a lot of fun, and you know, just motivating for me to go into next year with this Super Bowl underneath our under our belt, and yeah, just work work my way up the roster and try to get another one.
1: You know, I don't know if if our stories in, in life or in football ever work out exactly like we we had imagined them to. You've had your fair share of successes, your ups and downs, uh, you, you know, your adversities, and so take us back. Because there's a lot of people listening to right now that, that think that when you're a star, everything just works out like it's supposed to, to work out, right? It, it, you know, you, you're a Super Bowl champion right now, but I, I imagine when you were going into your senior year, you, you you hurt your Achilles that the idea of maybe winning a Super Bowl was was uh, the furthest thing from your mind. So kind of take us back, like, what your mindset has been like through your trajectory as you've transitioned away from BYU and, and made your way into the NFL, Matt.
4: Yeah, it was kind of weird. I mean, going into your senior year, you kind of expect to have the best year that you're going to have in your college career. So I had some, some big expectations. I was working hard in the off season, and I feel like I was in the best shape of my college career. So when I went down at the end of our training camp, it, it just it really stunk. And yeah, I was just like, man, am I going to be playing football again? What's going to happen? Our team's going to be interested. I'm a little bit older. Just got hurt, um, so I was just, you know, really wanted to make a statement and just make it into the NFL. And um, unfortunately, I wasn't necessarily like active or anything like that. So that was still kind of kind of hurt. But I was still grateful to, you know, be on a be with the Raiders and be with the Chiefs and. When I was with the Chiefs, it was just awesome to to be with such a great team. So yeah, I mean, it definitely didn't go as planned, but I trust trusted what Heavenly Father wanted me to learn and you know, whatever that was, and go through what I had to go through. But yeah, now I'm I'm grateful to be in the spot I am right now.
1: Matt Bushman on the line, Cougar Sports, ESPN nine sixty. You're with the Raiders this uh in two 2000- thousand 21 that that first year and and what was that like what did you kind of learn about being a practice squad player like what what i don't know what you envisioned when you got into the league and what you actually experienced but give us some perspective about lessons learned that first year
4: yeah i mean as i think every rookie is like jumps up there and you're like okay i can i can do this but then you realize like okay i have some things that i have to work on um technique wise because these guys, the NFL, you have the best technique. I feel like that's what separates college from pros. Is like everyone, you're, you have good athletes, but the technique just has to be on point or you'll get exposed. So that was just one thing where I really wanted to work on some of my weaknesses or things that I've always wanted to get better at and just kind of also reemphasizing and just having confidence in what I'm good at. So I was just working on a little bit of everything, it was awesome having John Gruden as a head coach. He was super cool to me and then he got fired around week 5 of the season. So there was just a lot of uncertainty that that rookie year and kind of ups and downs with the Raiders. And then I later got signed by the by the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, it's uh you mentioned that ups and downs, the the turmoil a little bit. Um it, that was a really awkward time a little really weird time i think for for everyone probably a part of that that organization and so all the football yeah all the football (laughs) man like it's just you know a lot of things that 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 were going awry and then you go to an organization that is on the precipice of, of another super bowl stable, right? I talked to a lot of former BYU greats, right? And all of them discuss with me about how important, how imperative it is to find yourself in an organization that is stable, that knows exactly how they want to use their personnel, and they're pretty good a- about evaluating their personnel. So to find yourself with the Chiefs, how big of a blessing was that for you coming off of the uh, Oakland, Raider, Oakland Raiders, or excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders stint?
4: Yeah, it was cool. It was motivating, just knowing how good this team was, knowing that Travis Kelsey was in the same room as me, and I just was trying to learn as much as I can um, to show that I deserved a, a chance to be there. Um, yeah, like the Chiefs, their, their preparation is, is crazy. Uh, Coach Reed just has it down, just his organization and, and his staff and, and preparing each player for every season, is uh, it's pretty impressive how he has it down to a tee and he knows what we need to do to be successful. So it's been a lot of fun being in those meetings with him and you know, just trying to learn as much as he, he has to offer.
1: Matt Bushman on the line, Cougar Sports, ESPN 960. Matt, watching you ball out in that preseason game was pretty amazing. Uh, it, it was just like old times, watching you in BYU blue, uh, for the first time, I I saw you play in a live scrimmage and spring ball. It was you galloping down the sideline and scoring touchdowns, and it, it just reminded me of that. Of what was it like for you? Uh, you know, being able to. It was kind of bittersweet, right? You you, you played a phenomenal game. Uh, you 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 got injured in that game, but kind of give us your perspective on on that experience and and what that was like.
4: Yeah, it was uh it was a lot of fun. I mean I feel like I was finally getting the ball thrown my way and getting some chances uh, a little bit just further down the field so it was uh yeah it was just so much fun to to get the ball in my hands and be able to be able to try to score and make that happen and when I went down just I thought maybe my AC separated cuz I'd done that in college before and then once I got to the sideline I I just felt a lot more pain and my collarbone shooting up. So it was a, yeah, definitely stunk knowing that those final roster cuts were being made that next week after that game. And I thought I, I did a good job to kind of put my name out there throughout training camp and with that game. So it kind of stunk. But like I said earlier, I was just like, all right, let's see what, what heavenly father has has in store. Let's see what I gotta, what I gotta do. So this, from but it was a twelve week injury settlement, so there was some uncertainty knowing if I would even get signed back at the end of this towards the like the playoff run mm-hmm. um but I'm grateful I did because yeah now now I can say I have a Super Bowl ring with me, and I'll be able to have that forever.
1: Where are you at with your health right now and and how is it that you've kept kind of a positive frame of mind and and kept that faith throughout this process? Tell us about your health and then how you've kept that that positive frame of mind.
4: Uh, my health my health is good. I feel it was a little awkward getting back into it for sitting out for for twelve weeks, thirteen weeks, but after that first week of practice I started feeling good and more like myself. So yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent I'm healthy and um to to keep the faith I just I could be working somewhere else doing a job that I don't that I don't like as much as football, so yeah. I'm just this, trying to enjoy doing. that, knowing that, okay, practice squad isn't ideal, but I still am getting a good salary, and I'm one play away from someone possibly getting injured and me being that next man up. So it's still definitely motivating because you're still in the building, and the coaches keep you around for a reason because they, they believe in you. So I'm uh, I'm just looking forward to this this next season to see if I can make it happen.
1: Matt Bushman, talking some Cougar sports, talking NFL here on ESPN 960. His journey in the NFL, Matt. Uh, it's uh, you know I look at your your career at BYU. You're one of the the all-time great tight ends. Um, it's it's really uh, it's really special to be in that group, that crew of all-time great tight ends, right? Uh, so, you know, what does it mean to you to to be a part of that legacy as one of the best tight ends in BYU football history?
4: I mean there were, there were a lot of good ones before I before I got there so I appreciate appreciate you saying that but it's cool I mean I feel like when I got there and had some success in the tight end position we were able to continue to get some good recruits in the position and now Isaac and there's there's a lot of other tight ends lined up that are going to be coming this way as we go into the Big 12 so it's cool to kind of see that I don't know. Myself and some other tight ends kind of started up the, uh, not started up or kind of brought back that BYU tradition yeah. back into uh, back into reality, and hopefully we can keep keep paving the way with guys like Isaac Rex scoring all these touchdowns and getting a bunch of dudes that want to come to BYU.
1: Yeah, what, what uh, y- 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 you mentioned, Isaac, and it seems like you still keep an eye on BYU football do you try to watch all the games do you watch all the games like how how closely do you keep tabs on BYU football
4: yeah I'll watch the games when when they're on and if the if the schedule is a good time I mean when uh when I was injured I was able to come to a few games and you know be on the sideline and check in with the guys so yeah I'm always I'm always seeing how how the Cougs are doing and they have a tough schedule this next year but It'll be cool to see them rise up to that challenge.
1: Most importantly, I want to get an update on how how dad life has been, uh, how many kiddos you got now, and and, uh, how enjoyable that's been for you.
4: Yeah, dad life's good. Um, I I have one two-and-a-half-year-old daughter and then another daughter on the way. So right when these NFL OTAs end, our next daughter should be due. So it'll it'll be kind of crazy, but it's a lot of fun and you know it kind of changes perspective of what's most important and motivates you to to make things happen for the kids.
1: love it man two two future cougars, I imagine. Uh, whether it's soccer volleyball I don't know if mom has something to say about it but uh football or football <laughs> man, there, may, there may be a there may be a girls football team by that time you never know I'm telling you this is a it's a pretty strong movement at the, it, at
3: the, yeah. yeah the rate we're going socially hey it wouldn't
1: surprise me hey I, I like it all man yeah, I, I don't see know the, yeah, right.
4: go ahead they'll most likely be pretty tall so we're saying <laughs> we're saying volleyball or basketball right now but you never yeah, know
1: absolutely love it man matt we appreciate you joining us and uh you know final thing for you you know what was it like being coached up uh you know by andy reed and then having zane anderson on the squad with you i don't know how close you were to porter ellett but we've we've grown close with porter over the last few years getting to know his story what was that like having those cougars as a part of that super bowl championship
4: it's super cool i mean knowing coach reed is one of the will go down as one of the best NFL coaches in history. So yeah, just learning how he, how he does things, his ability to uh, every time there's a new roster kind of fine tune his offense so that he can focus on the strengths of, of each player in the offense is really cool. Um, and then Porter. Yeah. He would help out with the tight ends and running backs. So I'd always be with Porter. He's a super good guy and, it's awesome having him in our individual drills and helping us out. And then Zane, yeah, just having a familiar face from the BYU locker room is always helpful. And he's a, he's a stud. So we're kind of in the same boat. We're just we're itching to uh, make an active roster and continue our NFL careers. So um, yeah, Zane's gonna he's a good one.
1: Yeah, we're happy for Zane, and uh, I can't wait to see what you do in, in the years to come. And uh, keep us abreast of everything, man. We appreciate you hopping on. I know Cougar Nation loves seeing the photos of you, Zane, Porter, Andy, all those guys uh, uh, with a, with a, uh, you know, holding up that, that that Super Bowl trophy, man. So congratulations on all of your success. Glad all is well. Please let us know if we can do anything for you, man. And, and uh, I'm just happy for you, man. This has been awesome.
4: No, I appreciate it. Thank you, guys.
1: Appreciate you. Matt Bushman, ladies and gentlemen so there you go uh yeah i mean you look at you know he he's spot on we talk about rejuvenating the tight end pipeline yeah you know we i was a part of uh, of a of a series of tight ends that made it to the nfl right um even prior to to My guys, like Dan Coach, Johnny Harleen, Dennis Pitta, Andrew George, was really a really good and underrated tight end. I think had he come out in a different year, probably would have made it to the NFL. But there was, you know, due to injuries and other things, there was a little bit of a drop-off in tight end production. Matt Bushman rejuvenated that, rekindled that. And now you're seeing guys like, as you mentioned, Isaac Rex, and hopefully others uh, continue to kind of take – that baton and take that torch and continue forward.
3: Yeah, I, I agree with you there, man. Um, I, you know, I feel I feel obviously we know that BYU is a quarterback factory, but I, I feel like the tight end spot recently hasn't got as much love. Sure. Or it could be right. Nothing's gonna trump, you know, yep. the the quarterback factory that 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 brand that BYU has. But tight ends is there, man. It's, it's there. Yeah. So it's it's it, it, it and, and really what we need, we we need guys to be successful at BYU, but we need them to be successful in the in the league. Yeah, think about Dennis when he went right. Mm-hmm. Like that's 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 a lot of firepower to sit in a living room, and talk to a kid, say, look what this tight end did, and then now look what he's continuing to do. So you're you're going to be productive and develop here. That's going to prepare you yeah. to. You know, be a baller at the next level as well.
1: Look, I, I think if Matt giving the opportunity, obviously when he's been given opportunity, he's going to ball out clearly. So, clearly, yeah, yeah and I can't wait to see where he ends up. Uh, if he, I hope he sticks with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he fits really well there as a pass catching tight end. And he, and Porter even mentioned he's like he's a really good blocker too, yeah, so yeah. he can do it all. Matt, well, look, Bush, look at
3: look at you know uh, Danny Swanson as well. Same same path as mm-hmm. those two guys, right? Yep. Free agent, yep. that opportunity, and look at him. Still in the league. Still so. in the league. There you go. Look, Andy Reid, man. Look, this is this is why it's so important to have connections in life. I'm not even talking about just football, well, sure. but like in general, right? It's, people always say it's like it's not what you know, it's, it's who you know, and yeah, like this connection with BYU gets gets guys opportunities like this. And the thing about BYU guys is we take advantage. You know, when we have the opportunities, we take advantage. Look sure. at all, look at all, all the guys that are in the league right now. I think Mike, Mike, Michael Davis is a good one, right?
1: Yep, I'm right there with you. We'll go to break. Uh, we'll call that a segment, uh, a Cougars in the Pro segment. Fantastic segment. Uh, we're gonna. It was brought to you by Big O Tires. Big O Tires in American Ford. Talk to my guy Ryan Eldridge. if you're looking for a full service mechanic. Who's not looking for an honest, hardworking mechanic that's gonna quote you the right price for the work done. I know everyone has had a bad experience with the academy. You won't have a bad experience with Ryan Elders over at Big O Tires in American 4. Contact him today. Check out their reviews. You won't be disappointed. We'll go to break. Coming up next, keeping up with the Cougars with Kyle Griffiths, another former BYU tight end fullback. Uh, he's been coaching college football. Want to get his thoughts on the roles that these preferred walk-ons are having in the program going into the Big 12. Uh, can't wait to get his thoughts on it, and then we'll welcome in Nassiri Danielson at 530, one of those PWOs that I think is going to be balling out for the Cougs in years to come. This is Cougar Sports, ESPN 960.